Ulterior. Hey guys, Artisan here, or Carlos, or whatever you know me as. And I hadn't used that intro in a while, but to be fair right now, I also don't really know like where my head is at, where everything is at. And I've said before recently, like things were changing. Um, I, I don't, I still don't want to elaborate on all of it. Maybe someday later on soon, I'll feel like it. But just right now, it's not anything that I feel like detailing. Um, if the audio quality sounds any different, it's because I'm recording this in a different setting for the first time ever. And I don't really know like uh, what is going to be picked up in terms of background noise or if there even is any for that matter. Um, my cat is near me. One of my cats is near me right now. He's usually never around. I, I would do it in a secluded room where it was just me and this microphone and the music to talk about and this loud fucking AC in the background, but that's not a thing anymore. Um, yeah, it'll be okay. We'll move forward. So that's kind of all I really wanted to get through for anything not related to the scene. Uh, what's on this episode? So, uh, I'm going to be looking at new singles from Maggie Lineman in her own words, Lixquisite Dolier, Poor Stacy, just name a few. And then new records from Savior, Void of Vision, and Scene Queen. So yeah, thanks everyone. Enjoy this episode. Something that I've really tried hammering in before when it comes to like the content found on Ulterior is the practice of making this primarily scene music related, but not exclusively. Um, in the past, I have made room for myself to review albums by like Tyler, the creator, J. Cole, The Weeknd, you know, just to name a few who have fallen into that category. And I, I think my biggest reason for doing that was to make Ulterior relevant to literally everything that I listen to, like a real mirror of what is being played in my head, because I've not really taken much time over the last year to listen to anything that I didn't think would fit in. And the reason I bring this up now was because of the new Future album from last week and how I wanted to listen to it, but then I was like, there's no way that I could review that on Interior because then I'm venturing like way outside of the scene. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that like it genuinely does not fucking matter if something fits into this platform or not. Um, if I want to listen to it, then I should be able to just do that without feeling like I have an obligation to review anything and everything that I say to my Spotify. So I heard the future album and yeah, it's really, really sick. I quite enjoyed it. Um, but it's not going to be factored into anything with Ulterior. And, you know, I'll do the same for other big upcoming records like Kendrick Lamar and Jack Harlow and whoever else comes out with something. Um, I'm making room for myself to listen to music that has nothing to do with Ulterior again. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, I love that for me. And yeah, having gone through all that, I'm going to go ahead and get into the music for this week. Uh, there wasn't really a lot happening. Um, not a very like quantity-based week, but another one where 
the quality was definitely there and I am excited to get to talk about the singles and the records. Uh, I'm going to start off with not the number one song this week, we'll get to that later on towards the end of the episode, but rather the number two ranked song for Scenic Overlook, How Could You Do This To Me by Maggie Linderman featuring Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens. This is the second single off of her upcoming album, Sucker Punch, which I believe as far as like release date details go, the only thing we have to follow right now is a fall time period. Um, so this is coming after She Knows It, which was my third favorite song overall in 2021. And just in general, one of the best and most important songs I've ever listened to. Um, so when it comes to How Could You Do This To Me?, this was an absolute fucking layup of a single. Like, just one of the easiest dubs of the year so far for the scene. Because it's not just, like, you know, the, the star power entity that of, of, of Maggie that makes this track what it is. But also, Kellen bringing forth everything he can offer. Because even when Kellen's not, you know, delivering with sirens, and I honestly believe he has delivered with sirens more often than not. The guest feature spots that he's been doing over the last year, two years, whatever it's been... Um, Kellen always puts all of the fucking effort in the world that he can forward, and he did that for Maggie, and, uh, the song was elevated to another status because of that. Um, I, I know that Maggie has expressed before her admiration for Sleeping in Sirens growing up, so, you know, I can only imagine what Kellen being featured on one of her songs means to her, especially a single for her debut record, or, or rather, debut full-length record. Um... And, you, you know, I've gassed up Maggie so many times on the show. I gassed up She Knows It. I gassed up all of Paranoia. I'm now gassing up How Could You Do This To Me. Um, she's a star. And I don't know how many people realize that yet, but she can genuinely be a pillar of the scene, like like a poster child. Like, she could become somebody who, like, when you think of scene or alternative, Maggie is one of the first names that comes to mind. Like, I really think she can be up there with, you know, Ollie and Kellen and just everybody else who is in that, um, that echelon, that picture, Austin Knight, you know, she can get there. I really, really believe she can. We got another new single from In Her Own Words called Daydream. If I had to guess, this will likely be the final single ahead of the album Distance or Decay, which drops on May 27th. Um, just to note this, that is one of the hardest fucking album titles I've ever heard in my life. Like, that shit is goaded off of just a name. Um, I guess this appropriately is coming after How Could You Do This To Me on this episode, because this is another slam dunk for pop punk. Like, genuinely, I think In Her Own Words are quietly becoming one of the unsung hero acts in the genre um and daydream i think does a lot to further that status this song has an emphatic and catchy ass chorus very fluid verses just like one of the most complete songs i've heard out of pop punk that there is to listen to right now and probably my favorite song from this record cycle so far i, I think 
there's a lot to look forward to when it comes to In Her Own Words this month. L'Exquisite Dulier once again bringing all of the nostalgic vibes I could ask for. Um, new single, Vanity Dies with a Mirror in Her Coffin. There's a lot to appreciate about this band and what they're offering right now. Um, I know that whenever I bring up the post-hardcore revival movement that's been going on recently, it's always Static Dress as the first band that I gas up. And, you know, for good reason, in my opinion. Um, but I will say that L'Exquisite Dulier cannot be too far behind them. I, I think Vanity has the charm that you would have found from bands back then, like my Chemical Romance, The Used, From First to Last, you know, just to name a few who embodied the emo scene once upon a time that L'Exquisite Dulier are doing an impeccable job at paying homage to. Um, it's catchy, it's malevolent in all the right ways, it's like just the quintessential post-hardcore throwback song, that's the best way I can put it. Um, and they're doing it differently from Static Dress and Sea Space Cowboy, Wrist Meat Razor, all the other bands in that area. Um, there's like are real, and I'm, I'm not saying those bands don't have this, but with L'Exquisite Dulier, there's a real emo charm to everything that they do, and I, for one, just am eternally grateful for them to be able to give me that kind of a sound in this day and age. And just to continue to mention the name L'Exquisite Dulier, because I love saying that name, um, they were featured on the brand new Poor Stacy single, Abuse Me. So fucking disregard everything that I just said about L'Exquisite Dulier and post-hardcore for this specific song because Abuse Me is giving Iowa error Slipknot vibes. Um, maybe with some like more recent hardcore stuff mixed in, but that like disgusting ass new metal vibrancy that you would have found on something like Iowa is more than prominent on this single and truthfully like if I'm talking about poor Stacy in general, who I think is great, but I would say that I prefer Abuse Me over everything that was on his album from last year, Party at the Cemetery, even the Ollie Sykes featured Knife Party, which I fucking adored. Um, and I really, really did like everything on that album, but Abuse Me is on another level, and I would give so much for poor Stacy to venture down this pathway more often moving forward. There is a collaborative remix of sort for the recent single by Barry Tomorrow, which is Death, and this was done with Modern Error. This was such a curveball into the scene last week, but I'm also really glad about its existence because I think it inadvertently works hand in hand with the Brand of Sacrifice version of Dark Bloom by We Came As Romans. And what I mean by that is what we saw Brand of Sacrifice and We Came As Romans do was take an already heavy song and just like 
intensify the brutality of it. Whereas with death, we're seeing Buried Morrow kind of go into a bit of an opposite direction. It's still heavy, but there's like this industrial and electronic nature to this modern era version that you know, it, it does everything that it needs to when it comes to being true to the Barry Tomorrow song, but also this would not have felt so out of place on that recent modern errors, uh, record from earlier this year. The name of it is escaping me right now, but what they did on that album, it was tremendous in my opinion. And death is kind of like, showing the best of both worlds in a way for Barry Tomorrow and Modern Error. I really, really enjoy this collaboration. Would not be opposed to seeing more from these two acts, you know, acting in unison moving forward. Um, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to with Barry Tomorrow and then also a lot to not only look forward to, but also champion from the past with Modern Error. The final single that I'll be giving its own spotlight to this episode comes from Avi Turner and it is Just Friends. So this might be the most like tame and pop oriented song I'll be talking about for this episode. Um, but it's also one of my favorite. I, in a very heartbreaking fashion, got a lot of enjoyment out of just friends. Um, it's so somber and just like emo while being, you know, very pop centric. Um, the chorus in particular has a set of lyrics I like just fucking cut through me for reasons that I don't want to get into because it's embarrassing. Kind of, I think it's embarrassing. Um, I don't want to, but I'm going to have to pretend like I don't want to still hold her on every weekend. If he's the one, then I'm the one without a reason. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're just friends. That shit is gnarly, dude. Like, that is fucking... Oh, man, I don't even want to get into it. Um, yeah, Avi Turner, I know I reviewed something of his back in January, and it was good, but not exceptional, whereas I think Just Friends is honestly more than exceptional this song is fucking great guys these were the remaining singles from last week that i gave a score of five out of five to club sugar by akuma six bloodline by awake at last swan song by betraying the martyrs blood spiller by Kaven, we're all gonna die by cray on the wire by Def havana crystal prison by defamed cursed by distant fever dream by grumpster what i'm feeling by mint green sync.wave by mood ring Tired of Winning by Nothing More, Sinner by A Virtue, Valley of Vision by Our Last Night, Alpha 9 by Profiler, Cold World by Sever, Pain and Power by Terror, Coming Home by The Dangerous Summer, The Alchemist by The Fame, Die Black to Pink by The Oklahoma Kid, Where Are You Now by The Rex Featuring Girl House, Trying to Make It to Heaven Before They Close the Door by Titus, Inside My Head by Until I Wake, and Don't Go by Villain of the Story. All of them are five out of five. Genuinely some like really fucking solid material last week. A couple that like were right there on the verge of scenic overlook. And I'll go ahead and mention uh, On the Wire by Def Havana. And what was the other one? Um, Die Black Pink by The Oklahoma Kid. Those two like I, ha- I had listed in scenic overlook and then removed and then put back and then removed. Um, but they were genuinely like really, really good. I, I enjoyed all the singles from last week. 
And similarly, you know, I enjoyed all the records and we're going to go ahead and get into what I've got to talk about for this episode. Um, so one album and two EPs. I'm going to go ahead and start with the album and get that out of the way now. Shine and Fade by Savior. So this was a bit of a weird case for myself because I honestly had not heard a Okay, uh, step back, step back. That's not actually true. I was under the impression that I had not heard of Savior before earlier this year, despite this being their fifth album. Um, in actuality, I had a single of theirs called Worlds Collide saved at the start of 2021, and hearing it back for the purpose of this review, I was actually treated to a really, really solid first introduction to Savior. Um, I thought Worlds Collide was a really, like, energetic and exciting metalcore track that did a great job at utilizing the two vocalists of the band, Bryant Best and Shantae Snow, but Worlds Collide is actually not part of Shine and Fade, so how I feel about that track is ultimately irrelevant to the material here. Um, so I guess just to look at my own experience venturing through this record cycle, Young, which is the opening song, that was my first time getting into what would eventually be Shine and Fade. I think that the intro to the song does a really good job at sort of like setting the tone for the rest of the album in the sense that the ambient nature is slowly morphing into a metalcore song. It feels so in tune and in alignment with Savior's style here on this record. Um, Reshape Me comes in as the second track and... This was actually the first single released for Shine and Fade, but I wasn't aware of it at the time back when it dropped in November. And I think the comparison, or in comparison rather, to Younger, it doesn't have the exact same ferocity all the way throughout it, but it still maintains that balance between heaviness and something more atmospheric. Um, I feel like there's something to the delivery of clean vocals that... Okay, while it's like kind of hard to explain thoroughly, um, because like it has this worn down effect to it, but at the same time, there's like this powerful feeling going on concurrently. And that was made most apparent to me on Racing Home, which it doesn't really do a ton differently in its cores compared to the other tracks, but there's still like elemental things about it. And I wanted to make note of that because I really enjoyed it. And there are other similar songs with notions uh, later on, like Tidal Wave and Black Rosary. On the other end of that, um, songs like Cynical and Modern Curse were areas where I felt that the screams stood out more than the cleans in all the right ways. And those were the moments, for me personally, where Shine and Fade became this metalcore powerhouse in ways that... I sometimes have difficulty with other uh, releases in the genre connecting to in that manner. Uh, the closing song, Wishing Well, that felt like the best way to kind of bring everything together and act as the final stamp on the effectiveness of Shine and Fade because it, it genuinely is effective. And while I, and I've said this before about other records, 
At this point in time, I do not know about the staying power or the lasting power to shine and fade. This very easily could be the kind of record that I really enjoy right now, but I don't go back to often later on because of releases that are coming up, releases that have already surfaced and I still constantly pay attention to and still find enjoyment out of. If Shine and Fade, uh, you know, a song off of it comes up in Shuffle, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to enjoy it. How often am I going to go out of my way to hear the album in full from, from here on out for the next days and months and weeks, whatever? I don't know. And I want to be fair to Savior and say that this is a great album. I really enjoyed it. Uh, what's it going to mean to me in a few months? I'm not sure yet. And I, I don't want this to be like um, a negative way of looking at the album. I did like it. Uh, I think anybody who's into metalcore, you can hear this album and get some enjoyment out of it. But again, where's this going to be in a few months? We'll have to see. So I'm going to get into the two EPs that I mentioned beforehand now. The first one being Chronicles to Heaven by Void of Vision. This is actually really cool for myself because I reviewed the prior installment of this EP series, Chronicles 1 Lust, back in October, and I thought it showed a lot of insane potential on the part of Void Division, who I don't, I've always liked them. Have I always been like at the forefront of their fandom, paying attention to every single one of their moves? No. But I think with Chronicles 2 Heaven, there is a case to be made about why my opinion can be changed for the better. Um, so the um, the first taste of this EP that we got was Dominatrix, which like even understanding already how good Void Division are and they can be, Dominatrix still took me aback. I haven't been able to shake off that like strange little electronic vocal melody in the chorus of this song. And for something that is like really so simple in nature, it did a lot to elevate Dominatrix back then, and still to this day, it stands as one of the pillar moments on this EP. Um, the other song that got singles treatment was Into the Dark, which I don't believe I gave it like spotlight treatment when it was released, and then the following episode where I mentioned it as a single, and that is honestly high-key criminal on my part, because this song fucking rules and furthers the electronic experimentation on the part of Void Division in the exact way that I could have asked for them to do. Um, and then getting into the remaining three non-single tracks, Bergain, and I apologize if I'm uh, mispronouncing any of this stuff, Bergain acts as the opener and I think it like sort of gently dips the listener into the content of Heaven because it's not like vastly experimental the same way that some other songs here are but there's enough substance to Bergain that you can hear and understand that you're not getting a standard metalcore experience out of this EP there is genuinely something special happening here uh there's also Saint Miserable which I don't think ventures too far away from Bergain in terms of style and execution the chorus here is a bit slower pace and it has like hints of like deftones or loathe if that kind of a sound resonates with you 
Um, but everything else consuming this song is still the embodiment of controlled experimental chaos that Void of Vision are perfectly navigating, in my opinion. And then lastly, the closing song, Alter, uh, it features Hannah Greenwood from Creeper. Um, so I've said my piece about Creeper before and the love-hate relationship that I have with that project, but the constant positive from Creeper has always been, in my mind, the vocals of not only Hannah, but also Will Gold. And while Void of Vision, you know, they do their thing on Alter and they make it what the rest of the EP is, and I'm appreciative of that, uh, Hannah is the one who acts as the MVP of Alter. She is goddamn flawless on the chorus and brings something to heaven that you can't get on any of the other songs here. And, and it was easily my favorite song on the EP. And again, not only because of what Void Division did, but Hannah and the star power that she brought to Alter. And, you know, it's a, it's a short EP, but there is so much packed into this one release that I feel even more confident about the future of Void Division coming off of Heaven than I did Lust. And I loved Lust, but Heaven, it has a weight to it that is just something that is like almost immeasurable in my mind. Um, there's a lot going on with this band right now. And if you haven't been paying attention to Void Division, uh, I, I can't stress enough, like start. You have to give this band the time of day. You have to give them the attention that they've earned. You need to be paying attention to Void Division. They, they fucking rule. They're awesome. This EP is great. I love it. A perfect EP even. And then finally, we're going to continue the trend of perfect, masterful EPs. And, okay, I'm only gonna, or I would like to only say the name of this EP one time because I don't agree with this word. It's not a word I would normally ever use in any way, any context, but I have to say it for the sake of this EP. So we're going to talk about Bimbo Core by Scene Queen. So, yeah, there is a lot that I can say about this EP and Scene Queen in general because I don't often get the chance to talk about not only an artist like herself, but also the type of experience that was brought into my space through this EP. Um, so, like, every once in a while, there will come a project that it kind of takes everything that you are supposed to understand about metal or metalcore and just completely flip it by incorporating these other elements that are so like normally non-existent within the genre. So um, baby metal, for example, you know, they're making heavy ass metal music, power metal, whatever you want to call it. Yet it was just these three little girls who you look at it and you would think they were going to be like a, like some sort of like a pop supergroup, not a metal band. Uh, Jasmine Bean, who I've never really properly mentioned them before, but they have something similar going where you can't really expect what you're going to hear. It's so unorthodox and out there, 
But to Jasmine's credit, they made it work tremendously well. And then, you know, the poster child for that kind of weird style and sound is probably Poppy. Um, not so much anymore. I think Poppy has come into her own and there's nothing really weird about her anymore. But understand, like, back in the days of Am I a Girl and then um, Scary Mask, it was weird. It was fucking strange to watch Poppy, who still had, like, that cheerful, you know, little blonde petite girl thing going for her, to be making the songs like Scary Mask or X or Play Destroy or eventually Concrete, you know, like... There was a novelty to Poppy's act. I'm not going to pretend that there wasn't. And she, I I don't know if she like pioneered what I'm going to get into with Scene Queen, but I think Poppy is the biggest and most successful example of somebody's image being so far removed from what they actually sound like. Um, and you know, Poppy is actually name dropped in one of the opening lines to the first song called Bring It On. I'm messy, I'm edgy, they hate that I'm heavy, I'm thriving, can't stop me, these boys, they just copy, more Courtney, more Poppy, the scene girls, they got me, Christina and Brittany, I'm Whitney, Zach hit me. Um, and when she says Courtney, she means Courtney LaPlante, the vocalist of Spirit Box. Um, from there, the song becomes genuinely heavy. And I think for someone who has no prior knowledge of Scene Queen, they will hear this song and look at the artwork and think, is this a gimmick? Like, is this a bit? Am I being trolled right now? Is this something that I'm not supposed to take seriously? And I think there were similar reactions to Poppy years ago. But even if you take this song and Scene Queen as a novelty, I don't believe you can deny the talent behind her and her ability to deliver some fucking monstrous metalcore bangers. Um, Pretty in Pink, which is the second song, dives more into the weird and bizarre nature of this EP by having a sort of like hip-hop intro that takes a bit to really lure you into the chorus where Scene Queen is both screaming and singing the name of the song, Pretty in Pink. And then the closing breakdown here is probably heavier than some breakdowns by quote-unquote real metalcore projects. Uh, lyrically, this is a an EP that doesn't make any apologies for its nature, whether that be because it's quirky and or violent. Um, for instance, there is the song Pink Panther, which was the number one ranked scenic overlook track this past week. So it will be mentioned again in December for the top 100 song series. And this song actually does rework the Pink Panther theme song into the song, which I thought was really cool. Uh, but back to what I was saying about the lyrics. Um, Scene Queen actually used this song and the accompanying music video to come out as bi. Please don't call, I need another hour. Three more girls are piling into the shower. Don't call, you know I can't answer. Getting pussy like Pink Panther. It's just like so out there. And it's fun. It's weird, sure. But above all else, it's fun. I, I can't listen to Pink Panther and not just like be so appreciative of what is happening here. Um, Pink Rover, which I actually first heard as a TikTok sound, has some more really sick moments lyrically. Pink Rover, Pink Rover, please send the coward over, and if that bastard whistles, put a knife up to his boner, cut him. 
And then later on in the same song, there is the bridge that goes down on your knees, boy, boo-hoo, scene queens coming for you. And like with that kind of jingle melody going for it. Um, and that all happens before descending into the final breakdown of the song. Um, Pink Paper, which is the closer, keeps up the trend set by Scene Queen of having everything that is not metalcore be fused into the genre. Bump my own shit through my neighbor's speakers, sign a girl's chest, pink nibbles through the t-shirt, lick it, roll it, light it, smoke it, I'm your queen, you fucking know it. And on top of that, lyrics that talk about like money and smoking weed and, and just i hit my microphone really fucking hard i'm sorry bear in mind that um all of this is done differently than a band like attila and this is likely the only time i'll ever mention that band's name on the show for the rest of time when scene queen takes on these concepts she's doing so in a manner that is so jarring because it hardly ever happens like you know it has been a long time since I heard something like Am I a Girl by Poppy and just the mind fuck journey that it took me on. But Scene Queen and this EP with a bad word that I don't want to say, it, it brought me that experience again. It was able to give me a project that is so just like, you know, um, I, I don't want to say like a, like a shot at what metalcore is meant to be, but it, kind of parodies the genre in a way that it's not a parody like i really do believe scene queen believes in what she's doing and she genuinely is a fan of the alternative scene of metalcore but everything that she's doing from the packaging of the album and the cover or the artwork that has you know her just like sitting in this grassy area and you see the name of the ep in like deathcore font it's so just brilliant in a lot of ways and i can't thank scene queen enough for what she did on this ep for bringing me songs like pink panther and pink rover and bring it on and to make this the kind of release that i can't forget about anytime soon i don't see how i'll just forget about what scene queen did for me and again just be appreciative of everything that i was able to experience with this ep because it was a fucking journey and a roller coaster and a ride that i needed at this time like i really really needed this and that's it that was every album and ep and singer from last week for me to talk about and guys it truly is kind of a miracle for me to have even put this episode out because so much bullshit happened to me recently over last week that again maybe one day i will explain in detail maybe i won't if i do that just please respect my privacy but i so many things happened that made me question if i was even going to be able to do anything related to music this week but i did and i'm thankful for that like really really am and i hope all of you are thankful for um you know all the things that you have as well so I don't mean the things that I give you, just the things that you have in general in life. You know, be appreciative of all that. That's what I ask of all of you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.